Hey friends, welcome to Girls' Night. I'm Stephanie Mae Wilson, and I am so happy that you're here. Each week, I have a girlfriend over, and we talk through one of the biggest questions we have about our lives as women. We're talking about friendships and faith and relationships and self-confidence, about our calling in life and how to live every bit of our lives to the absolute full. Life is so much better and easier and absolutely more fun when we navigate it together as girlfriends, and I cannot wait to get started. So friends, I am so excited for the guest that we have on today's episode. Today we have my dear friend, Janine Woodall, who you guys have actually heard from before. She was on this show a couple seasons ago and she told us all about this epic solo trip to Europe she was about to take. Well, I'm sitting at lunch with Janine a few weeks ago and she's telling me all about the trip and all about the things that she learned, all the ways she changed, all the ways she saw God show up in her life. And hearing her stories was so good for my heart, I just knew we had to have her back on the show. In today's episode, we're chatting about what to do when God places a desire on our heart, how to travel solo and travel safe, how to let go of our plans and trusting that God will lead the way, and so much more. Janine has traveled to 35 cities and 13 countries so far, so for those of you with a travel bug, you are going to love this conversation. One of my favorite parts of the episode was where Janine talked about what God taught her when she was in Northern Ireland. She talks about going from being a bit of a control freak, someone who likes to have her plans and know exactly where she's headed, to truly opening her hands and starting to let God really lead in her life. She tells us about how she gained a true daily dependence on Him, and her stories brought me so much encouragement in my own personal relationship with God. I am so excited for you to hear them. Okay, before we dive into this episode, there's one quick thing I wanted to make sure to share with you. Speaking of travel and all the amazing things God does in our hearts and in our lives along the way, friends, if you have not picked up a copy of my book, The Lipstick Gospel, today is the day we change that. The Lipstick Gospel is my testimony. It's the story of some of the biggest mistakes I've ever made and how God redeemed them and brought me back to life. Truly, if you're struggling with some shame from your past right now, I would love to give you a copy of this book. It's the story of the worst breakup I've ever been through and how God put my heart back together from it. It's a travel memoir, a story of transformation and hope. And if you're going through a breakup right now, or if you could use some encouragement in your faith, or if you want to get to know God but don't know how, or if you're struggling saying yes to the plans God has for your life, or if you're wrestling under the weight of some big decisions in your life, or especially if you're about to go take a trip, I would love to share this book with you. You can either download a copy of the book for free, so fun, love free books, or if you're a paperback girl like me, we have those too. You can pick them both up in my shop. It's smaywilsonshop.com or through the link in my Instagram profile. I'm at smaywilson over on Instagram. All right, friends, with that said, let's jump into today's episode. Here is my conversation with Janine. All right, friends, I'm so excited for who we have on the show today. I'm sitting here with my dear friend, Janine, and you guys have heard from Janine before in one of my favorite Girls' Night episodes we've ever done. And Janine, you and I were getting lunch last week when <laughs> I like I stopped us in the middle of our conversation and said, you need to come back on the show. Yeah. So welcome back to the show. <laughs> I am so honored to be here and to be here in person. I know. So that's the difference. Last time mm-hmm. we recorded, we had to record on Skype, which is fine, but we're sitting together mm-hmm. in my very fancy guest bedroom, <laughs> aka podcast studio, and we get to be here in person, which is so great. Yes. I'm so, so glad to be here. You're just a gem. So I'm, you know. Well, that's how I feel about you, which is why I was like, I cannot keep you to myself. <laughs> I need to be generous and share your friendship with everybody else. So, okay. 
Okay, Janine, if people, well, let me say this first, yeah. guys. If you have not heard Janine's other episode, we're going to link to it in the show notes. You can always find those at stephaniemaywilson.com slash blog, and you'll find them all there. And so you can find Janine's past episode and lis- listen to it because it's so good. You don't want to miss it. So I want to say that like in advance because yes. I know you might be wondering. Um, so Janine, if people have not heard from you before, can you tell us who you are, what you do, and your fun fact? Yes. I'm Janine. My name is spelled super weird, and that's kind of become my thing, which now I love. Um, what do I do? You have I, to say how it's spelled. Oh, now. it's spelled with a G, so it's G E N N E A N. That's so good. It's unique. I hated it as a child. Love it now. Well, it's great now because you get to be like Instagram.com slash Janine. Yeah. So great. Thanks, dad. (laughs) Um, uh, What do I do? I work remotely. I do email marketing and website managing for a small company out of Ohio. And I'm kind of a nomad right now. I've been traveling for the last year and I'm traveling for a few more months. Uh, That's all I know as of now. We'll see what else happens. But um, yeah, that's kind of me. I'm single. And my permanent address is in California, but I don't really live there. I love it. Do you mean, I feel like you're the person who, I don't know if anyone else gets these Instagram ads, but I get them a lot just because Instagram like knows my heart, (laughs) but I'm constantly getting the ads that are like, I'm a like traveling freelancer or like there are all these different terms for it, which I can't think of any digital nomad, digital nomad. That's what it is. Thank you. I was, that was going to bother me. Um, (laughs) so people, it's like these people in these incredible locations being like, I'm Uh a digital nomad. And I'm Uh like, man, that's like goals for my whole life. Yes. And I get to do it sometimes, but that's the actual life you're living right it now. It is. Yeah. Which it's, is really great. It's just fully remote and I travel and it's really great. It's also hard and I'm honest with people about that. For sure. Um, but yeah. Oh, and a fun fact. Yes. Fun I have fact. two. Okay. One is, so last time I said like, I'm the biggest Harry Potter fan, which yes. is still 100% true. Still um, true. But I, I'm like a nerd about a lot of things. Okay. Uh, the biggest is Harry Potter, but I'm also a huge nerd about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, I love all the Marvel movies. Um, I'm pretty sure I've spent like, oh, too many hours reading all the like fan theories and watching theory videos. It's just like a black hole I go into and then I come up for air and I'm like, I need to talk to somebody about what this means in this one scene from this movie and how it's going to affect everything else. So um, anyway, that's a fun fact. I also really want to go to Comic-Con one day. <laughs> that's, I've heard Comic-Con is incredible. I want to go so bad. Tickets are real expensive, but one day I will go, I will dress up as something and it will be a highlight of my life. Um, so that's a fun fact. Another thing is I get the hiccups every day. Every day? Yeah. I usually get like three at a time. Um, I might be dying. Who knows? But they're cute. They sound like a little mouse. Um, so it's fine. <laughs> okay. I used to get hiccups like without fail every time I would take a test. And so it'd be super quiet. And I get them for like a while. And they're not cute. <gasps> How funny. So that's incredible. Every day. Every day usually. Just like three though. That like is three little so hiccups and then they're gone. Interesting. Yeah. Oh my gosh. We're going to get some is. nurse like sending an Instagram message being like, okay, this is what this if, means. Yeah. So. If you are a medical professional and if there is something wrong with me, please send me a message. <laughs> do it gently. Okay. <laughs> if you're about to tell Janine something's majorly wrong with her, do it gently. But tell her, please. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I love hearing about your Marvel passion because... Um, you got to meet, so a couple nights ago, uh-huh. we actually got to see each other, which was so fun, mm-hmm. um, at the, the book launch for our dear friend, yes. Caitlin Warnett, who's also been on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and so 
uh, Janine got to meet my friend Carly, who's also been on the show several times. And Janine, I'm so sad that I didn't know this about you sooner because Carly is the biggest Marvel fan really? I've ever met. You guys, I mean, I were meant to be friends. You were meant to be friends. It may be <laughs> a good thing that you guys didn't talk about it that night. We could have gone down like a rabbit a hole real quick. A huge rabbit hole. Yes. So um, that's amazing. You guys are going to have to connect on that. So Carly, Janine, and anyone else who wants to talk about Marvel... <laughs> You guys can I'm your girl. hang yeah. out at Comic-Con. <laughs> um, okay, great. Um, so now that we've done that. Um, so, Janine, the last time that we had you here on Girls' mm-hmm. Night, you were getting ready to take this gigantic trip around Europe by yourself, yeah. which you mentioned. Can you give us a little bit of the backstory? Like, how did you get to this place where you were quitting your job and traveling around Europe for, was it four or five months? Four and a half. So, I mean, let's go with five. Let's, let's go with five. Up. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, so, tell us, like, how how did that happen? Yeah. Oh, well, so when I lived here in Nashville, I was here for four years um, and I worked for Dave Ramsey. So um, if you're not familiar with Dave, he the biggest thing that they do is they teach people how to get out of debt and handle their money according to biblical principles. And while I was there, I think I was about a year or so into my job. I had a spiritual conviction about paying off my debt. Um, I had student loans and a car loan that totaled about thirty thousand dollars. And I was having a moment, I feel like I have these like every six months where I'm just like, Lord, what am I doing? What do you want me to do? You know, it's kind of like these crises of self. And um, I, I very much felt like there was something he had for me, but he couldn't bring me there until I got rid of this debt and this responsibility. And so I was like, all right, I'm all in. So I worked really hard for two years probably too much. I worked about 70 or 80 hours a week between all of my jobs. So my full-time job. And then I babysat. I did photography. I was a tutor for a year. I helped people paint the inside of their houses, do home organization. I did a lot of like random things to make extra money. Um, I don't regret the process at all because it's gotten me to where I am, but it was really hard those two years. Yeah. So I paid off my debt and it was awesome. And then I spent the last 10 months I lived here saving. So I kept working the same amount and just taking that money and putting it into a savings account to travel with. So to have the money to travel. Um, so yeah, I quit my job in October of 2017. It was terrifying. So terrifying because even when I was paying off debt, I wasn't planning on quitting my job when I got to the end of it. It was, um, it was a, my plan was to go to London for two weeks to celebrate being debt free because my okay. aunt lives there. Yeah. And then one day I felt like the Holy Spirit was like, no, it's going to be longer. And I was like, well, I don't have that much vacation. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> how does that work? And uh, it just was such a nagging thought, which is typically how I know God's doing something when there's that like nudge and that nag and it won't go away. And uh, before I've been kind of reluctant with that, but I decided to lean into it, talk to some people that I really trust. And they were like, I mean, this is the time in your life to do it. You'll be debt-free. You're single. You're in your 20s. If you're supposed to travel for a little bit or you feel like you're supposed to travel for a little bit, why not? And I was like, oh, shoot, you're right. Like, this is the time. So that's kind of how it led to me quitting my job. Um, and when I quit, I moved back to my hometown and lived with people who are kind of like parents to me um, for about five months before I left for Europe. So wild. Wild. Yeah. I wanted to, like, <laughs> this is sort of a, a random question, but I just feel like people listening are going to be wondering this. Mm-hmm. How do you know if, if you're meant to travel? <laughs> like, I mean, I think a lot of, 
I think that a lot of us don't really have a niche to travel, which is totally fine because I think adventure and stepping out of our comfort zones and, and like stepping out into the world with God can look like a whole bunch of different things. Totally. Um, but I do know that a lot of us, myself included, have mm-hmm. like just a major travel bug. But I think that I, I know for a lot of us, like we kind of squash it sometimes thinking, well, everyone wants to do that. Mm-hmm. Or, um, <laughs> how do I know if that's what God wants mm-hmm. for me? Or do I need his permission? Or I don't feel like I have his permission. Mm-hmm. Can you just kind of talk about that a little bit? Yeah. I, I really struggled with that because I felt very much like this is so indulgent. Like this is so self-indulgent to think that God's telling me to go travel Europe for four months. Like, how is that holy? You know, which is such a like warped theology in my head to have thought that way, because in retrospect, especially when I look back now, I see why I had to go. So I think like we can't limit or put in a box what God would want us to do. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think I think I talked about this last time, too, but for a long time, I thought like anything God is asking me to do is going to be really hard and I'm not going to want to do it. And that is also very warped theology. Um, I had an older friend when I was talking through this with her two years ago or whatever. She said, why do you think that just because you want to go, God isn't leading you to do it? What if he put the desire in your heart and now he's bringing it to fruition? And I was like, well, dang, like everyone is so much smarter than me. And I was like, that's true. Like, maybe that's what's happening. And I, you know, there is the whole mystery part of who God is. And so we're not always going to know. Um, the big thing is I, I, when, when something is just won't go away, when a thought or a feeling or a dream won't go away, even as I try and divert and like find other things to focus on, I know God's doing something. I know the Holy Spirit is like, pay attention to this, pay attention to this, and then lean into it. I've been really reluctant in the past to do that, usually when it was like something scary. Um, But I've realized like, no, just lean into it. Because eventually it'll become clear if you're supposed to do the thing or if you're not supposed to do the thing. Just lean in, like press in. Um, And the whole traveling thing, I think that, uh, yeah, I think he, he does what he wants to do with us and knowing our desires and the way he's gifted us. I really didn't have a desire to travel for a long time until I lived in Nashville. Nashville is so centrally located. You can get to so many places within just a few hours. But then I would go on a lot of trips with roommates and I was like, dude, there's so much of the world to see. And I'd always wanted to go to Europe, like always wanted to go to Europe. And uh, so it just morphed into what it became. But did that answer your question? Yeah. And I'm really glad that you said that because I really do. I have that idea too, where it's like anywhere God is leading is going to be Awful. And mm-hmm. so a great example of this is I went on the world race, traveled mm-hmm. around the world for a year. And I was expecting when I signed up, I thought it was going to be like 11 months, uh, an 11 month long fear factor show. Do you remember that show? <laughs> yes. It's like everyone eating bugs and stuff. Yeah. And I don't know what in the world made me think that I would want to sign up for something like that, but I really did. I felt like God is going to take me so far out of my comfort zone and I want to see what he can do when mm-hmm. I'm out in the world with him and when I'm fully surrendered to him. And I show up on my very first month in Romania, that was our first country, and show up in the tiniest, cutest little European town (laughs) in this like little, cute little sort of chateau looking house. Mm -hmm. And I had a bed and I had great coffee Mm -hmm. and I think I had a cappuccino like every day. (laughs) And I'm sitting there going, I'm doing something wrong here. Yes. Like this cannot be what God had for me. But, Mm -hmm. But the point isn't discomfort looks different for all of us. And I think that God uses discomfort a lot in our lives, but, but like, it doesn't necessarily mean that he 
sometimes we're sometimes following God's leading in our life like is a little bit miserable along the mm-hmm. way but he's always good and it's always good yes but it's not always miserable right um the other thing that I love you said that you said was um about placing the desire in our heart. Mm. And I think that we get, I have this conversation both ways a lot where I'll hear from some women who are like, you know, it usually has to do with like a relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I have feelings for this guy. Why would God put this feeling in my heart if I wasn't supposed to end up with this guy? Mm -hmm. Well, I don't think that every, like scripture tells us that the heart is deceitful, that like we can't trust it. Um, And so sometimes our heart chases after things that are not best for us. Mm -hmm. And I could give you a huge list of times I've done that. (laughs) But also sometimes there are longings and like wirings in our heart. Like I, I, it took me a long time to understand this too, but I think that travel and, and other cultures and other places Mm -hmm. is so deeply embedded in the core of who I am Mm -hmm. that if I'm not traveling, I'm missing out on a piece of who God made me to be. Yeah. And so it's like, we have to, when we have a desire in our heart, we have to take a look at it for a minute. Because yes. sometimes I think it does mean, like, this is here for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes, though, I think it's it's because our hearts totally. fall in love pretty easily oh, yeah. with all kinds of different things. We're real good at justifying the things we want to do. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it is, I think, that leaning in, though. I think that's how I've known it was God, because I was reluctant. Or I was like, what? This doesn't make sense. Yeah. Or this would be hard or this would be uncomfortable because as great as traveling by myself was, it was still hard. Right. Um, but yeah, I did have moments like that too. While I was traveling, I was like, what good is this actually? Like, how is this a good, like, I'm just laying on a beach in Italy. Like, cool. What is this doing? But ultimately God ended up having to take me out of everything I knew to work in my heart. And then, I mean, we'll talk about it as we keep going, but like, there was so much purpose in me having to go there yeah. that I could never have foreseen. Yes. Ever. Yes. So I'm so glad that I just said yes. Cause knowing now I'm like literally getting goosebumps knowing now what I know, I would be a totally different person had I not said yes to that trip. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I think it's just really good. A really good reminder that God's plans for us are good and that we can trust him. Yes. And sometimes that means finding ourselves in situations that are deeply uncomfortable mm-hmm. and like, look kind of yucky, but also in those moments, we get to see God in such a clear way that those moments end up being some of the sweetest of our whole lives. On the flip side, God loves us and Mm -hmm. he delights in us Mm -hmm. and he's a dad that gives really good gifts. And Mm -hmm. so I think that I mean, I know in my life, like God has spoken to me in huge ways through beauty and on beaches and in Europe Mm -hmm. and my whole story changed in Europe through art of all things. And so God just can use anything. And and when we're following him, sometimes a lot of times it's uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. It's always good. It's always beautiful. And sometimes Mm -hmm. that beauty looks like seeing beauty in the midst of like messy, hard situations. And sometimes Mm -hmm. it's just straight up beauty. True. And I think we get, I just want to say this. I think sometimes we get really tied up on like, is God telling me to do this or is he not? What if I say no, this and that? And I think that it's just really important to remember, like, you're, you can't miss out on his plans for you. Like, you can't miss out on the will of God's for you, le- the will of God for your life. You can't really miss out on it because he's with you no matter where you go. Yeah. And so, yeah, if you're like stuck in a decision of like, do I, do I say yes to this thing or do I stay right here where things are also really good? Yeah, you can do either. Like yes. God's going to be present in either of those situations. So ultimately, I think he leaves a lot of choices up to us as we follow him. And he already actually knows what we're going to pick anyway. So like, it's going to be fine. But I think um, in the past, I've gotten really like just 
distraught over decision making with the Lord. And yeah. I don't think that's his heart for us yeah. to be so concerned with the yeses and the nos. Right. Just to like be in his presence is the most important thing anyway. So you and I were talking about this at lunch too. Like, you know, we're so picking something like where to go to college or where to yeah. which job to take or, you know, deciding when I had to decide to go on the world race, the other option was staying in college women's ministry, mm-hmm. which I love you women's ministry. Yes. You were so good I with love it. it. And I thought that, you know, I was giving up one by doing the other. And I mean, mm-hmm. the, the, the decision was so hard, but I think ultimately God was like, Steph, pick, mm-hmm. like, what do you want to do? And what lights your heart up? And yeah. I mean, the cool thing was I did pick the world race, started blogging, which was basically just women's ministry online. And I also was like a leader of my team. So I was mm-hmm. doing ministry all around the world. I mean, it just, the whole thing was women's ministry. Yep. But we just don't know that until we until we press in yep. and just start saying some yeses. But I, I just love the reminder that we really, as long as you're sticking close to God mm-hmm. and just loving Him with everything you have, like you really can't screw it up. Yeah. Nothing's wasted. Yes. So. I love that. Okay. So <laughs> one other question I want to ask you just about this. You said mm-hmm. um, that you traveled by yourself. Mm-hmm. I want to hear you talk about that just a little bit because I know <laughs> the girls listening are like, Hold on. Okay. <laughs> but I seriously, I talked to so many women who were like, I would love to travel, but I'm not married. Mm-hmm. I would love to travel, but my girlfriends have jobs where they don't have enough yeah. time off or I mean, just whatever. Can like, did you feel safe? How did you decide to do something like that? Like talk to those of us who are like, I want to travel, but I'm a little scared about that aspect. <laughs> I was thinking about this as I was driving over because I had never taken a solo trip. Okay, so before Europe, I left in April of last year. The first solo trip I ever took was March of last year. So I went to Vancouver, uh, Vancouver, Canada for four days. So it was like my first international trip. It was a test run in my head. I was like, this is a test run. Make sure I can do international travel um, with different currencies and all that, like mm-hmm. figuring out transit one month before I was supposed to leave for your, like retrospect, <laughs> not the best plan. Thank God I liked it. Cause otherwise, oh no. It was like a little too late. Yeah. yeah. Um, what I say, cause I get a lot of, uh, not a lot, but you know, I get a handful of questions here and there. People saying like, how did you do it? I can never travel by myself. I'm like, no, you can like any one of us can. It's really hard, but also it's, it's challenging in the best ways because I'm more introverted. I really like people, but I'm definitely more introverted. Yeah. It forced me out of so many comfort zones oh, yeah. and I grew so much having to meet new people everywhere I went. That also meant I did get like kind of fatigued every once in a while of like small talk. Mm-hmm. Um, but trade off was totally worth it. So did I feel safe? Yes. I never at one time felt unsafe. I think the biggest thing um, is if you're not naturally super aware of your surroundings, that's something I would work on if you're considering traveling by yourself. Um, Like definitely just like a practical tip, don't be on your phone all the time. Um, Like if you're like, I need Google Maps to do all the things. Cool. Like look at it, put your phone away and then keep your face like up and looking forward. That's like my biggest safety tip to everyone that ever asks because you don't want to look like a, like a, you don't super want to look like a tourist. You don't want to stick out. And then, yeah, just be aware of what's going on around you. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause there was like a time when I was in Paris where I did see people getting pickpocketed. Okay. And that was the only time I saw it. Yeah. To be honest with you. Yeah. Um, but I was so grateful that I was aware enough of what was happening around me that I saw it. Yeah. But otherwise like everything was fine. So anyway, safety, I'd never felt unsafe. Hmm. I did obviously try to be smart. Like, don't be out late at night by yourself. Right. 
you know, make sure someone at home has a list of your itinerary Mm -hmm. so they know where you're going to be. That's a big thing for solo traveling. Like make sure someone has a a copy of your itinerary, copy of your passport, copy of your credit cards, like all the things so that if you were to lose anything or God forbid, you know, things got stolen out of your bag, someone back home has all the things for you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think anyone can travel solo. Does that mean everyone should? No, maybe not, but everyone can. Yeah. It I get a lot of like you're so brave. Like you're so brave for having done that. And I laugh because none of it felt brave. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was a lot of like, no, I'm really scared, but for some reason I'm doing it anyway. And I think ultimately it came down to like trusting God was leading me to do it. And so I was like, okay, let's go. I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm just going to go anyway. And so um and I think that's what bravery is anyway. It's just yeah. doing it scared. Yes. And trusting that like God knows what he's doing. He's going to lead. He's going to protect and he's going to provide. I love that. I don't think anyone, I don't think anyone does anything that looks brave and, and doesn't feel afraid. Yes. Like if someone's doing something that's crazy, if they're starting a company, if mm-hmm. they're getting married, if they're having a baby, if they're <laughs> writing a book, if they're traveling around the world, mm-hmm. like, I mean, really anything, anything brave that you see someone do. Yeah. Like they're a hundred percent scared in that moment. They just, there's a healthy level of fear there. I call it the sweet spot. Um, and it's where it's like, you're on this journey of doing something that excites you. So it's like lighting up something in you, but there's also that level of fear. Like, I don't know if this is going to work or I don't know how this is going to play out. And I think that's the best possible place you can be because it means like something in you is being met while at the same time, you know, God has to come through. Oh, I feel like we could stop there <laughs> and we're done. Um, okay. Janine, I, we could talk about this forever because yeah. you know that traveling is so my heart, but I want to get to the things that God did in you, mm-hmm. but really quickly, can you give us like just the 30 second version of where you went and maybe what your favorite places or what a couple of your favorite places were? Yes. You don't have to say every place you went, but there's so many. So let me try. I went to 35 cities and 13 countries. Over the four and a half months. <laughs> so it was a lot of travel days, um, which is not what you see on Instagram, right? You don't see the unglamorous eight-hour bus rides yes. or 27-hour ferry rides. It's fine. That's a story Where was that? Oh, getting from Italy to Croatia. In retrospect, should have spent a little bit more money to get there faster. However, now it's a great story. So, um, Yes. Anything that goes wrong yeah. turns into a great story. There yeah. you go. Okay. The countries I went to, Portugal, Spain, Italy, Croatia, Germany, Switzerland, France, Belgium, Netherlands, Ireland, Northern Ireland, Scotland, and England. Whew. Favorite places? Ireland, hands down. Um, it also came at the right time um, for me spiritually. Ireland is incredible. Everyone should go. Um, where else? Cinque Terre, Italy. Barcelona, Dubrovnik, Croatia, the Alsace region of France, Paris, Edinburgh. Amazing. Favorite moments. These ones I had to write down because otherwise I could go on just like so many stories about all these places. But um, I went salsa dancing in Barcelona with people I had just met, which was so fun. They were also um, Christians because I went to Hillsong, Barcelona. Uh, Then one Sunday I was there met these people. They were amazing. They're like, let's go salsa dancing. They actually forbid me from sharing the name of the salsa club because it's this tiny locals only joint. <laughs> so I feel like I have like have this in now. It's really fun. That's amazing. <laughs> um, also, uh, the night I cried at the Eiffel Tower, which is sad, but also really funny. That's another story. If anyone wants to hear more about that, worshiping on the cliffs of Moher in Ireland, 
there's a song that comes on. It's Peace Be Still by Lauren Daigle. Uh-huh. Anytime that comes on, I'm literally brought right back to the edge of the cliffs of Moir, which is just incredible. I have goosebumps everywhere. And then, um, you know, I did the Harry Potter studio tour when I was in London. And that was also amazing. Okay. Yes. You nailed that. I cannot <laughs> believe. That is amazing. I cannot believe you got, like... That was seriously probably 30 seconds. Well done. No, it was a little more. Okay. Well, that was, that was really good. Um, okay. I seriously, we could talk about this all day, but I really do want to hear about Mm -hmm. some of the heart shifts that you had. I know that you had a big shift in your relationship with God when you were traveling, you Mm -hmm. left carrying some baggage, (laughs) (laughs) a little travel travel joke. joke. Um, from the last season of your life. And um, I know that there was a moment you were telling me last week when when you finally let God into it. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us what happened? Yeah, it's actually really funny because I know the last time I was on this on this podcast, I said, because I'd just gone back to California before I was going to leave for Europe. And I was like, I'm going to rest these next few months. It's going to be amazing because I wanted to be quote unquote spiritually ready for Europe. And, you know, two weeks before the trip, I realized, whoops, didn't do that. And then I felt like a failure because I was like, well, now I'm not ready. Like, I'm not spiritually ready for the trip. And something in me, and I believe it was the Holy Spirit because it was just a thought out of nowhere, was like, who determined that that was the plan? (laughs) Oh, sometimes he has to speak to me like really bluntly for me to actually get it. And I was like, oh, no, you're right. So I realized like, there wasn't a readiness. It yeah. was, I needed to go. Like I needed to get there. Yeah. And so with that, I had a really hard time my last year in Nashville, which is a whole, I have a whole blog post on why it was probably the hardest season of my life spiritually and emotionally. And, um, I knew there were some things I needed to work through from that season. And I didn't want to, cause I was like, I don't want to reopen these wounds. That's going to be hard. So I avoided it like the plague. Um, anytime I felt it bubble up, I was like, I'm going to go now. Like I'm going to go do something to avoid having to deal with this. And God in his grace still showed me so many key lessons along the way, but it wasn't until I was in Northern Ireland, which was three months into my trip. So I had been traveling for a while that I felt like he, we just, it's hard to explain. So I was at a barbecue at a new friend's house. Uh, One of the nights I was in this tiny little fishing town in Northern Ireland and the sunset super late because it was summer. So I went down to the harbor by myself to watch the sunset and it was spectacular. And I was, you know, talking with God and finally was just like, okay, I think I'm ready. Like, let's hash this out. Let's work through it. And if I were to imagine him having like being sat next to me, Mm -hmm. it was almost like I said that. And then he was like, baby girl, I've just been waiting for you to let this go. Like you've been holding on to something and carrying something you were never meant to carry because, oh yeah, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. And I felt like it was just, he was asking me to let it go. And so I said, okay, I mean, okay. So I like, phys- I actually like did the motion of opening up my fists and having open hands. And um, it was like a physical weight lifted off of my shoulders. And I'm a crier anyway, but like immediate tears. Um, because I realized like, that's all I needed to do. There wasn't a working through that needed to happen. It was just a letting go, which I was, first I was mad. I was like, why didn't I do this three months ago? You know, (laughs) (laughs) like enjoyed the trip more or something. But as it always is with him, his timing was perfect because from that moment forward, there were just like all these lessons he started teaching me that ended up like 
changing the course of where I was headed, which takes me to where we are now. So, oh, okay. I love that so much. And I, I can so relate to that. I've had so many seasons really in the last Mm -hmm. year, we've talked about this a bunch on the show, but when anxiety and depression were really, especially depression, when I started feeling that like creep into my life and into my brain, into my heart, I was running from it. And I I think that there are times when we actually have to work through something and that's the perfect moment to bring a friend or a family member or a counselor into it with Mm -hmm. you. But also there are moments when we've already done that work. We just like, we just need to give it back. Yeah. And let it go. Yeah. And that was the big lesson I realized was like, cause you know, part of the trip still felt that very, felt very indulgent. And that was when I realized like, oh no, God literally had to take me away from everyone and everything and every place I knew because I was avoiding it and filling it with people and comfort, comfort and familiarity. He had to take me somewhere where everything was new. Everything was different in order to get me to that place where I could quote unquote, be ready, but really realize all I had to do was let go. Oh, I love that. (laughs) Hey friends, I hope you're loving this conversation with Janine as much as I am. Isn't she great? I wanted to pop in for one quick second to thank our sponsor for this week. Our sponsor today is a company that I just love. It's HelloFresh. Now, I know lots of y'all have heard of them, but just in case you haven't, HelloFresh is a meal kit delivery service that shops, plans, and delivers your favorite step-by-step recipes and pre-measured ingredients so you can just cook, eat, and enjoy. I love that. So some of you guys may already know this about me, but I'm not the best cook. When Carl and I got married, I could cook mac and cheese and pasta, and that's pretty much it. Now, while I've definitely gotten better, I still don't love meal planning or cooking. It's just not my gift. But that's why I love HelloFresh. First of all, with HelloFresh, there's something for everyone. There are three plans you can choose from. They have classic, veggie, and family. Carl and I usually choose classic, and we have loved every meal they've sent us. A few days ago, we made these amazing pineapple quesadillas, and they were seriously delicious. And not only is the food great, but the process of making it is so easy. All the ingredients come pre-measured in handy labeled meal kits, so you know which ingredients go with which recipe. The recipes only take 30 minutes and they really are so easy to make. And I'm telling you, I am a total beginner in the kitchen and even I can cook these recipes. They're simple, they come outlined on pictured step-by-step instruction cards, they walk you all the way through the whole thing and it actually kind of feels like a cooking class. HelloFresh actually makes cooking fun. I love that and I love that I get to spend way less time meal planning and grocery shopping and way more time around the table with people I love. So good, right? And, of course, I love HelloFresh even more because they want to give you a promo code for $80 off. That's like receiving eight meals for free. Isn't that amazing? For $80 off your first month of HelloFresh, go to HelloFresh.com slash GirlsNight80 and enter promo code GirlsNight80. Again, for a total of $80 off your first month of HelloFresh, go to HelloFresh.com slash GirlsNight80 and enter promo code GirlsNight80. HelloFresh, thank you so much for sponsoring our girls' night. We just love having you. Okay, let's jump back into my conversation with Janine. So, and I feel like this is like the next part of the story. (laughs) When you were telling me about your travels the other day, you were telling me that you had this enormous shift Mm -hmm. after that in how you operate in the world. Can you tell us kind of what the before looked like when it came to planning and needing things to be a certain way? 
And then like kind of how you felt when things didn't go that way. <laughs> Give us a good like before because I know you yeah. have an incredible after. It's funny because like I even talk with people about this now, but I used to be super type A, um, like to a fault where I was a planner, to-do lister, lived by my calendar, which there's nothing wrong with it. But when it becomes your comfort and your security, I think that that is really shaky ground to be standing on right. um, because essentially what happened and like to give some backstory, my childhood and my teenage years were super unpredictable. Um, I just had a, my parents divorced when I was 11. So there was just a lot that, you know, became the aftermath of that. And so I would live in this place of like grasping for any semblance of control. What I could control, I would control. But the problem with that was then anytime something didn't go according to plan or didn't happen the way I imagined it would or, or hoped it would, it was almost like a mini meltdown internally. It wasn't, sometimes it was external and that was never pretty, but um, <laughs> it was like this, like I would freak out and it was very, I'm very, um, I'm an Enneagram four. So like very in touch with my emotions, but I was super unhealthy. So I'd have these like really high highs, really low lows. It was just like, I feel like anyone around me just became collateral damage, which I'm sorry to all those people, but like, it just really wasn't great. So what ended up happening was when you're on a trip, like that, or really when you're just in a place where things are uncomfortable and a lot of things are out of your control, I was just kind of like forced to chill. Like I had trains get canceled. You know, I had that fairy experience that was not what it was supposed to be. Um, my car broke down in Ireland. Like all these things happen where I had to learn to just like sit back and be like, okay, well, what can I do in, in this? Like, yeah, I could freak out and like have a meltdown, but is that actually helpful? Like, or do I look at what can I do in this situation and then just go with it? So it's, it was a lot of learning flexibility and I'm like so grateful for it now. I feel like I've almost pendulum swinged where I'm like, I don't know what's happening, um, <laughs> but I know God's good. So it's part of that's really healthy. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what happened. Used to be a super control freak. And now I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to kind of go with the flow because what a waste of energy to be so worried about what could happen yep. and then freak out when things didn't happen the way I wanted it to. Now I'm like, well, if things change, then I'll change with it. I think that's kind of how it's flowed. Traveling like that really helped. I think that travel, that's one of the things that travel is best at is teaching us how to adapt and how to be more mm -hmm. flexible. And also to, I think that, I think there's like two sides of this one I think that we get to find out that we're stronger and more resilient and more resourceful than we thought we were. Yes. Like you figure it out. If you like truly, I mean, I think I've always felt that the things I need to be able to get around, you could drop me anywhere. And as long as I have really money mm -hmm. or some sort of like connective device, like cell service or something. Because if you have cell service, you can connect with someone who can potentially wire you money. Yeah. If you have money, you can pay for yeah. a cell phone or, you know, yeah. pay a pay phone or something. You can connect with people. We find out that we're more like flexible and resourceful than we ever thought we were. Mm -hmm. Um, we just can, we, when we're in a situation that we don't get to completely control or plan, we really do find out that we have so much in us yes. to, we have so many skills and, and I don't know. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, we we are we are a lot more uh, equipped and capable than we give ourselves credit for. Exactly. It's easy to live kind of small and scared. Yeah. But when those kind of things happen, you do realize like, oh, I'm really I have a lot of power. Like I can do a lot. Um, I'm really smart. I like 
I have this great sense of like what what could happen next and you know figuring that out but then there's also the flip side of like when you're not super controlling like you see God just like hand things that's exactly the other thing I was going to say in one hand, we get to find out that we're so much more powerful and capable, Mm -hmm. capable and smart and resourceful than Mm -hmm. we thought we were. And then in the other hand, we get to find out that God is so present and good and um, Mm -hmm. providing for us. So Mm -hmm. I know that that's a huge thing that has Mm -hmm. developed in your life that that as you've sort of let go of control, you've been able to embrace so much more Mm -hmm. where God is in like the present moment. Can Mm -hmm. you talk about that? Yeah. Okay. So traveling was just this kind of, I changed very steadily. It was, it wasn't an overnight switch by any means. That would have been awesome, but that's not what happened. (laughs) It was this just very steady over those few months of learning that flexibility, letting go of that control. I did a lot of letting go. Are we, are we getting the gist of that? It was a lot of letting go. (laughs) Does anyone Um, else want to sing right now? Let it go. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it was just this like really beautiful, but slow and steady process, which I think like just total side note, we're so used to getting things immediately and instantly. Like we're not good at waiting and we're not good at processing. Like we want it to happen now. And, um, I think that's such a picture of how God works is it's very steady. Sometimes it's instant, but more often than not, it's a very steady, slow process where then you look back and you're like, Oh, a year ago, I get it. You know, like, okay, I I had to. So that, but I, yeah, I just had to learn to embrace change. And when things moved, I had to move with them. And one of those things was while I was traveling, I was 100% convinced I was moving back here to Nashville. I was like, I am going to, you know, I'll be in the Bay for a few months uh, or San Francisco for a few months because I'm in a wedding and I have some um, responsibilities there, but I'm going to move back to Nashville. It's where my people are amazing. And then the Northern Ireland thing happened where God was like, let go. All this stuff started happening. A few weeks later, I'm in Scotland and I got a vision that totally changed the plan, which really was my plan because (laughs) I was scared about what was going to come next because I didn't know. And so I was like, well, this is easy and I know it. And, and not that it would have been bad, but God was very much like, nope, I have something else for you, which led me into this season of continuing to travel and then going back to the UK soon, really soon, which is really cool. Um, Back up to the vision thing, because I feel like, um, (laughs) I feel like there are people listening. They're like, I kind of feel like, like I want to have a vision Mm -hmm. or have I had a vision or Mm -hmm. I have a thing that I think was a vision, but I'm not exactly sure. And obviously we're trying to like pin down a cloud here, like, you know, trying to define what a vision Mm -hmm. is or how it happens, but just give us a little bit on that. Sure. I've never had a vision before in my life. So awesome. (laughs) Until that moment. Yes. That's awesome. And, um, I wasn't praying for a vision. Like I had no former experience, but what happened was I was literally with my friend walking around in the Scottish Highlands and we were talking about, I don't know, just basic stuff. And out of nowhere, I just had the clearest picture in my mind, like the most vibrant picture I've ever seen. And it came out of absolutely nowhere. And it, it like kind of scared me. Not that it was a scary picture because it wasn't at all. It was very peaceful and serene. But I think the way it came, I was just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What was that? And um, I processed through it with the friend that I was with. And I realized like, oh, this is, I think this is what a vision is. I think, cause it was very much, I knew it was somewhere I was headed or somewhere I could head. That's a better way to say it. Yeah. Um, somewhere I think that God wanted to lead me if I wanted to say yes. Cause again, I could have said like, no, I want to go to Nashville. Would God have blessed that? I think so. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I saw this thing and it was, you know, there's a lot of mystery around it. 
but also it was so intriguing and so enticing and so clearly played into my heart and the way he made me that I was like, oh, what is this? And it helps that like afterward, like three hours later, I got a text from friends who are missionaries on the other side of the world. And they were like, hey, we were just praying for you and we had all these visions for you. We feel like we're supposed to share. I was on a tour bus like in tears because I did (laughs) not know what was happening, but it was so clearly God doing something. Um, And I think that's, that's typically how I know. It's like a little scary, usually kind of out of nowhere, but it lights something up in me. That sweet spot we talked about earlier. Okay. So what was the vision? (laughs) Can you tell us? I mean, I can. Yeah. It was me um, being back in this little town in Northern Ireland that I just fell in love with this place. It's like, I just got a tattoo that's like inspired by it. Actually, it's where the base of a mountain range meets the sea, and um, just it's spectacular to to just witness. But there is something about that place that feels so raw and untouched, and I felt such a closeness to God. Um, so I fell in love with the place anyway, and I was like, "Well, I have to come back at some point in my life." Then I got the vision, and I was like oh, I felt that connection because I'm supposed to go back for a bigger reason. So the vision was of me. Well, I think it was me. I don't know. Whatever. What I saw was there was a desk in this room right at a window. And out of the window is this mountain range in Northern Ireland. And I was sitting there drinking tea and writing. That was it. And I was like, uh, what? And And I realized like, oh no, like I love writing. I'm not the most disciplined writer, but I really love it. And God has done a lot in my life and in the lives of people around me. And I've gotten to learn so much about who he is and, and, um, who other, like who, how he's made everyone through the traveling and through meeting people from everywhere that maybe there's something to be written about there. And so I got the vision and I was like, cool. Don't know what I'm writing about. Don't know who it's for don't know the link. Like, I have no idea, but I just told God, if that's what you want to do, I'll be the vessel. So, (laughs) so I'm going back (laughs) to see some family and friends, but then also hopping over there for a little bit to do whatever this thing is God wants me to do. So I have some ideas, but I'm just waiting for him to make it clear and affirm when the time is right to dive right in. I love that. As you're describing this vision, I feel like everyone is like sinking into it and like feeling the warmth of the cup in their hands. And I mean, I'm just like, oh, that sounds so nice. And the first thing that popped into my head as I thought that, as I was like, Mm -hmm. this is an incredible vision is guys, God loves us. Mm -hmm. He loves us. He's on our team and he's Mm -hmm. in our corner and he knows how we're made because he made us that way. And he cares about how we're made and he wants us to be the tallest, best, most complete, most fully realized versions of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And he just has good gifts for us Mm -hmm. when we say yes to him. And we have no idea what's happening next. Usually that's the best way that it happens. But, (laughs) But he has such good things along the way. And then not only that, when we're, it, it, I think it's a lot of times not until we say yes to the next thing that we can even see the next yes, thing. Yes. Like oh, yeah. you don't even know what, you can't even plan um, yeah. <laughs> what what's coming after this moment in Ireland because you haven't gotten the next invitation yet. Yes. <laughs> I, I, the way I kind of like envision it is I'm, I'm walking on this path with the Lord. And I think for a long time he was kind of pulling me like, come on, girl come on, I know you got it in you. <laughs> Cause I was just very hesitant. Yeah. Um, and now I'm like, it's like we're hand in hand and we're doing it together. And I don't even want to look down the path because I'm looking at him. Does that make sense? Ooh, I just got chills and I'm oh. going to cry. But it's like, 
I see him and I'm like, yeah, we got this. And I can see the one step in front of me. Yeah. It's like if there was a flashlight shining down, it's just the next stepping stone. Yep. I can't see the whole path. Yep. And before that would freak me out. Now I'm like, cool. I just want to take that next step. I don't even care what the rest of it looks like because I know that you're with me and that you've already gone before me. So this really can't go south. Like, doesn't mean it'll be hard, but I'm with, I'm with Jesus. So I'm good. Oh, this is a miracle. This is like in the sense that like, if you would have asked me this a year or so ago, I would have not, this is not how I would have sounded, which again is why I'm like, Oh, this is why I had to do this trip because wow, wow, wow. I've changed. It's almost 180. It's such a testament to like his grace and his kindness yeah. and the way that like, he just, he does know our hearts because he made them. Yep. Oh gosh. <laughs> I love that so much. I seriously, oh, Daniel, you're going to have to give me a second. Cause I just want to like, soak that in. So Janine, one of the things that you and I talked about, like on this topic at lunch the other day was mm-hmm. daily dependence on God. And you've touched on that on it a little bit, but mm-hmm. can you just like dive into that a little more about what that means and looks like? And yeah, <laughs> just talk to us a little bit more about like daily dependence. Yeah. On so, I mean, scripture tells us not to worry about tomorrow, which is such a great one to quote, but not actually, at least for me, believe it or live like it. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, I don't need to worry about tomorrow because he's taking care of it already. But we do worry about, we worry about the future. Like we just kind of live in this state of wanting to know what's next and having a plan. And there's nothing inherently wrong with that. But when the plan becomes an idol or becomes more important than the presence of God, that's when it's a problem. And so anyway, yeah, now I live in this space where I have some things that are steady. Like I have a job and that's great. I work remotely, right? Um, And that obviously provides some comfort as I take each day as it comes, because I know I have an income, but like everything else about my life feels pretty countercultural. Um, I'm a nomad, which is not normal. And I wouldn't say everyone should do this, but like, I don't have a place to call home right now. And that's hard, but also it's really beautiful because it's forced me into this dependence and I needed to be forced. Not everyone does. I really, really did. So there's that part of it. There's the, I'm turning 30 this year and I am single as a Pringle baby. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, and this isn't what I envisioned my life looking like when I was 21. Mm -hmm. I thought I'd be married by now. And also, but like, so glad I'm not because God could have taught me all these things as a married person, 100%. But I'm so glad it has happened the way it has. And almost like I realized this actually came when I was in Ireland. I was really good at tolerating being a single human. Now I'm like, no, I'm embracing it. I'm thriving in this. Like, there's so much life to be lived. And you know this. I mean, (laughs) I'm like tearing over here. (laughs) There's so much life to be lived. And you're not missing out on anything as a single person. Like, you get to be solely focused on what God wants you to do. And that's amazing. So it's just been a forced dependence and... And what's beautiful about that now, too, is I can look back and see how he's provided for me, mm-hmm. um, which has also aided in me depending on him to provide for me. It's almost like the Ebenezer's. Like, I look back, I'm like, oh, you provided this. You did this. You led me here. Why would I question it now? You've proved your faithfulness a hundred times over. And does that mean I don't struggle? Absolutely. I'm Wait, does that mean I don't struggle? No. I do struggle because it's hard. Yeah. It's still hard to trust. But if he's proven himself over and over and over again, there's no reason to doubt he's not going to do the same thing each and every day. So I think that's kind of what it looks like is just really trusting. I don't want to live in that space where I'm super worried about the future because 
then I don't see his provision. And then he doesn't get the glory. And ultimately now I'm in a place where I'm like, I want you to get all the glory. Like I want people to look at my life and be like, that's weird. That doesn't make sense. But everything seems to be working out. Why? And then I can say, God is good. He is faithful. And he has provided for me every step of the way. All glory to him because I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Amen. So I know that we all want a closer relationship with God and we all want to be walking in more daily dependence like on him. Mm -hmm. Um, And one of the things I love doing here on the show is just giving a few practical, actionable steps that we can take. And Mm -hmm. I know that something like, I mean, doing that in something as, as wiggly as our faith Mm -hmm. is so it's, we can't pin God down that Mm -hmm. way. But also I know that it's really helpful if we can have just one step forward Mm -hmm. or just a direction to point Mm -hmm. ourselves in. And so for the women listening that can't maybe aren't in a position where they're ready or wanting to quit their job today. Um, <laughs> or if they're not a, a person who really desires travel or mm-hmm. n- like today is not the day for it. Mm-hmm. What are some like practical, actionable steps we can take today to start trusting God more and to start seeing him move and work in our lives more? Yeah. I'm not an expert at all, but I've learned a lot over the last year. And I think there's like just three main things. And if you were to sum it up in one word, I'd say just prioritizing the presence. Because ultimately, we do prioritize what's important to us, whether that's things or relationships or experiences. Every single day, we're making a choice as to what's important to us. And if we prioritize the presence of God over all the other things— there's going to be a mind shift that happens. It won't be instantaneous. It will be a steady process, as we've also talked about. But what I've noticed in me is that now, because I'm prioritizing spending time with God, whether that means for the first time in my life, actually reading the Bible every morning, which like, again, is a miracle because I love my sleep, but I've been prioritizing that. And then I see him throughout my day. Like I will read something in scripture and then see it playing out in real life. Maybe not like literally, because I'm in the Old Testament right now, but you see like the threads of how God moves and works. And it also means that I'm hearing from him more because I'm spending more time in truth. And because of that, I hear his voice more clearly. I see him more clearly. Um, and then also filling your day with truth in general. So whether that's scripture, uh, worship music, when you're with your friends, like talking about Jesus, like just do it. Because that's like the source of everything anyway. So I just say prioritizing the presence is the most important thing. Also listen, because we're really good at being uncomfortable with silence. Yes. Um, and we're really good at talking. We're really good at filling the void because it can feel really uncomfortable. But if we're doing all the talking, how are we ever going to really be hearing from him? And so I try and make it a point as uncomfortable as it is to just be silent. And that doesn't mean my mind doesn't sometimes wander off. It totally does. But I've noticed the more I practice it, uh, the better I'm getting at it. As with anything, practice helps you gain skills. And so now I feel like I can hear from him more clearly. The other thing I would say, like, is if when, if you feel the nudge or you hear the whisper, lean into it. It's okay to be a little scared, but lean into it, press into it, question it, dig deeper. And then like, if you really feel like it's God, say yes. I wrote a whole blog post about this and I called, I think I said it was doing it scared, but just lean into it when it's hard, when it's scary, like whatever, like when you're excited about it, when you're in that sweet spot, He's going to lead. So lean in. 
I love that. <laughs> I feel like one of the things that's been the most helpful for me is, and we've really been talking about this with travel, but it can look like a lot of different things in a lot mm-hmm. of different seasons, but stepping out of our comfort zone a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, I'm sitting here thinking, sometimes I think that when we imagine what that looks like, we imagine like laying down our comforts, Mm -hmm. but I think it's just for the sake of laying them down. Mm -hmm. I think it's actually bigger than that. I Mm -hmm. think it's about dreaming a little bigger and trying some things that are so good and big and worthwhile and exciting and wonderful. And that without God, they will fail. Yes. And so it's, I mean, it could be as simple as, you know, next time you're at church and they pass the collection Mm -hmm. plate, bag, hat, whatever it looks like (laughs) at your church, um, putting in more money than Mm -hmm. you normally would Mm -hmm. and seeing what God does with your faithfulness faithfulness and generosity and obedience and how he provides for you Mm -hmm. when you are saying, Hey, I'm going to provide for someone else and I'm trusting you to provide for me. Mm -hmm. Or maybe it's volunteering somewhere, or maybe it's, trying for a job that you think is a little bit too big for you and you don't think you can do without him. Mm -hmm. I think that that's the thing is we all have passions and desires and things that God is calling us into that Mm. we cannot do alone. And I think that that's really what traveling is. It's it's quieting down our normal life. So that's really important. But also it's stepping into something that's just bigger than we can do alone. Mm -hmm. And so because of that, we get to see God show up in such beautiful ways. Yes. And it's, it's so worth it. Yeah, it's easy to want to put him in a box and think, like, he can only do this, this, or that. And, like, we got to stop doing that. Because he wants to do so much farther and beyond what we can imagine or dream. I mean, that's in Scripture. Like, So we just got to, like, open that little box up and let God come out. Because he's going to want to do some amazing, amazing things. I love that. So one of the things, and I feel like you have a really amazing perspective on this because you are a Dave Ramsey girl, which means (laughs) you are like great at budgeting and you're super (laughs) like fiscally responsible. And I think normally when we picture a nomad, we think of someone who is not paying attention to their budget. Um, Or, you know, I I love what you said at the beginning about how you're, how you've been funding this trip, because Mm -hmm. it's easy to think, okay, well, she has someone bankrolling this for her. (laughs) Like, this is not something I could do. Yeah. But that's not true. So Janine, I want to get your perspective on this. And I'm really excited about it because you have, I feel like you're standing at this really interesting, wonderful crossroads. (laughs) So you have a Dave Ramsey background, Mm -hmm. which means that you are the queen of paying off debt and um, sticking to a budget. And just really, you know so much about fiscal responsibility and you've practiced it so much in your life. And then on the other hand, you are leaving space for the Holy Spirit to lead and you're not making as many plans as you Mm -hmm. used to and you're leaving things more wide open Mm -hmm. and you're going with the flow a little bit more. So talk to us about the difference between or like where that line is between being responsible for the things we need to be responsible for. Mm -hmm. Like what things do we need to be responsible for and what things can we sort of (laughs) open up our hands on? Just what have you found in your life? I think as with everything, there's a balance. Um, I would say before I erred on the side of very little faith, like actual faith, faith in Jesus. Sure. Faith in Jesus to provide. Mm, not really. Yeah. Um, and so I did a lot of things relying on myself right. and then the trip happened and I realized like, oh, this would have been a lot more beautiful and maybe less stressful had I actually been trusting God. And so the way I've always verbalized it is you can't just sit back on a couch and expect God to do everything. Like, I'm just going to hit, he'll he'll do what he wants to do. Because there is a side of responsibility to our faith. There is a side of working to our faith. Like scripture says, we have to work out our faith, right? So there is a balance between 
being responsible with and to the things that are right in front of us. So relationships, a job, if you have debt, paying that off, like other adult things, have some health insurance. It's very important. (laughs) Um, You know, like just like there are things that are generally, yeah, you need to do, but also leave room for God to do what he wants to do. So I kind of live in this space of like, I am responsible to these people and to these opportunities and to these things that God has asked me to do. But at the same time, I'm who am who I actually responsible to more than anything else? God. Like, it, I, and again, it comes to prioritizing the presence, which I think also I've realized it's very easy to have a vision or a dream or a goal. And I think that those are good things. Um, but when they become more important than the dream giver, that's when there's a problem. And so working toward the things that you want to do is not bad, but make sure God is first and he is 100% a part of the equation. So I really, I think it's just a balance. You just have to know, like, these things are important and need to be done, but also like this, this area, whatever that is in your life, like God do what you want to do and move. And if you, and then it makes it easier when he wants to pull us out of something, when he wants to pull us out of a job or out of a city, like we're not going to go kicking and screaming if we're living in that like healthy tension and healthy balance. I love that. I When you're talking about sitting back on the couch, this is something we talk about a ton in my course, Make the Most Your Single Life. And mm-hmm. just, we talk about this a lot in our community, but I think this is the really the case when it comes to applying for jobs and also getting into relationships. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times because we're afraid of doing the wrong thing or mm-hmm. stepping out of God's will mm-hmm. or putting something above him, we do sit back on the couch and we think, okay, the right job will just sort of come to me or the right guy will just sort of come to me. But that's not really the way that it works. Mm-hmm. And and when we're honest, that's not the story we want to live anyway. We don't, I mean, as much as it would be nice if our dream man like interrupted <laughs> our Netflix and chill night. Hello. <laughs> I mean, truly it, he would have to be the pizza man. That's like the only guy that just randomly comes to your house, which would be sweet because you would have free pizza for life. But I, it's just, we want to, we want to meet our person when we're out and living yeah. our best lives as our best selves. And mm-hmm. that takes us getting out and actually doing the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, same, same with applying for jobs. You know, mm-hmm. a job doesn't usually just fall in your lap. And if it does, it's because you've already been networking and honing yes. your skills and being out there in the world, yeah. like growing and learning yeah. and contributing. So I think that they're really, you know, this is something we talk about so much. Where is the line between what's mine to do when mm-hmm. it comes to the things in our lives, specifically things like relationships or jobs mm-hmm. and where, like what's God's to do? Mm-hmm. And I feel like the the very best way I've ever been able to think about it is to think about it like a job. Mm-hmm. When it comes to these parts of our lives, we do need to be showing up mm-hmm. and we need to be putting our best foot forward and we need to be growing and we need to be meeting people and mm-hmm. we need to be out in the world progressing and putting ourselves out there. Mm-hmm. That's our responsibility. On the other side of it is just pure magic. Yeah. And and God is the one that's connecting dots that we didn't mm-hmm. even know existed mm-hmm. and opening up opportunities we never could have pictured. Mm-hmm. But we can't step into those opportunities unless we're doing the part that's ours. Yes. And I think I think like key is if you're really pressing into God, everything else is going to just come. Like the responsibility is gonna be easy. It's not gonna feel like a burden because you spent intentional time with God and you're conversing with him throughout the day. Like your best foot will be forward when you're walking with God. I love that. Balance. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. So Janine, 
I have to ask Piss. I know that some of the women listening are wanting to take a trip like yours. What advice do you have for them? Specifically practical advice. Like what about, what are some things that they would need to do practically or financially in order to make Mm -hmm. something like this possible? Mm -hmm. Okay. My biggest thing is do not go into debt to travel. That's my biggest piece of advice. If you don't have the money to travel, you can wait to travel. Mm -hmm. Um, Those places are always going to be there. Um, I do have a kind of a problem when people are like, well, you can go when you're retired. Like, well, you don't need to wait that long. (laughs) You don't need to go tomorrow and you don't need to go when you're 65. Like there is a balance. And so, wow, balance keeps coming up. Um, so I think like if it's really important to you, again, we prioritize what's important to us. If taking a trip is really important to you, you can do whatever it is you need to do to get your finances in order in order to take a trip like that. Like, even though I traveled for four and a half months, I didn't have, like, it wasn't that much money for four and a half months. I budgeted. Like, I am a budgeting, traveling queen, if there ever was one. I, is that a little bit egotistical? I'm not no, sure. No, I love it. <laughs> but, like, I, love it. I was always looking for a really good deal. Sometimes did that mean I had really long travel days? Sure. But most of the time, it was totally worth it. And so that's my biggest thing is don't go into debt for it. Because, yeah, those places are always going to be there. Second, make a budget. Um, a lot of people have asked me how I did it. <laughs> the truth is I don't really know. Like I kind of made up numbers and it ended up working. I just was ready to adjust it when it needed to be adjusted. So, you know, I made, um, this massive Google spreadsheet. If anyone needs like a sample of one, I can be more than happy to send it to you. But I planned for all my transit, my lodging, my food, fun, and then travel insurance was a big one. So I would also say like, if you're going on a long-term trip, you should probably get travel insurance, especially if you're by yourself. It would cover medical things if transit, you know, broke down, all that kind of stuff. It's just really smart to have when you're international. Make sure someone has a copy of all your plans, kind of like I was saying earlier, your itinerary, your credit cards, your passport, all that stuff. And look into visa requirements. If you're going international, different countries have different laws. And so just make sure that you are following and abiding by those laws because you don't want to get kicked out of a country and then not be able to go back for a while because that would be unfortunate. Um, and then my other big thing is learn the basic phrases of the languages of the countries you're going to, because I mean, I did, and some of them are really hard, like German and Croatian. I was a lost cause, but French, Spanish, oh, I took Spanish, so I should have been good, but you know, it's fine. Um, <laughs> French and, um, Portuguese, and- Portuguese. Thank you. I was like, where else did I go? I tried to learn basic phrases, um, because while it's true that many people speak English, I wanted to put in an effort and I wanted, you know, a local to think like, not think that I was a local because that's hilarious, but think like, oh, they have respect for our country and our culture. And so I learned like, hello, goodbye. My name is, where's the restroom? Coffee? And like, just like (laughs) the basic (laughs) phrases. And it ended up doing me a world of good, especially in um, some countries where I had heard they don't always like Americans. (laughs) And I had no problems whatsoever. So I'm really glad I spent the time kind of digging into that and learning that. That's a good little practical piece of advice. Oh, I love that. I love that. <laughs> Janine, if if women are wanting to do this, can they reach out to you and ask you questions? Absolutely. Okay. We're going to have all of Janine's contact info in the, in the show notes so you guys can ask her any questions you have. Yeah. I feel like if you don't have a packing list on your blog yet, you should maybe I probably one. should. I mean, yes. before I went to Europe, I was like, here's what I'm packing. And many of my friends have been like, you should have, you should make one like now that you're back because yes. I bet it changed. And I was like, it absolutely changed. Yes. So maybe, maybe I'll do that. So 
Janine, the last thing I want to ask you is I know there are some women right now who are feeling like God might be inviting them Mm -hmm. to step out into something, Mm -hmm. out of their comfort zone, into the world, whatever that might look like for her. Maybe it is writing a book or starting a blog Mm -hmm. or starting a new job or quitting her current job Mm -hmm. or getting out of a relationship or stepping really into a relationship with God, whatever that looks like. Mm -hmm. Can you just give her one last piece of encouragement or just like, Mm -hmm. yeah, just give her one last... Little is it okay if I have three? They're real, they're real brief. Oh yeah. Three. So the first thing, I mean, I've said it many times and I'm going to say it again, probably until I die, but we prioritize what's important to us. And so if the thing or the dream or the person or the place is more important to you than Jesus right now, like flip those, that's the best place you could possibly be mm-hmm. because he's going to lead you in the right direction and into the things that you're passionate about and that you were gifted to do make Jesus the most important thing. Um, second, trust the process. Very rarely are things overnight. Usually it's that kind of steady, slow, refining process. And so just lean in because that's the best place you could possibly be. In that place you're refined, you start to look more like him. And in that place, you can also see him moving and hear his voice more clearly. And then the third thing, which I think is just so important in every aspect of life is to have open hands. Like If you're listening right now, which you are, because we're here, I want you to literally put your hands out. And me and Stephanie are doing this right now, but it's so easy to want to clench up our fists and hold on to these things that are important to us or that make us feel safe and comfortable. But we are called as believers to live with hands open because what happens there is it means that we can receive what God wants to give to us freely and openly, but it also means that when things get taken away, we can let them go. And remember that in the letting go, there's always another receiving. It's really easy to want to hold on to what's good, but then we miss out on receiving what's so much better. So live every aspect of your life with open hands. Oh, amen. (laughs) Janine, thank you so much for being here. Oh my gosh, it's been great. Guys, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I cannot tell you how much it means to me to have you here at Girls' Night. Before you go, I would love it if you would do two quick things. The first is to subscribe. Subscribing to the podcast is the best way to make sure you never miss an episode. It's also a way easier way to listen because it's a way of sort of bookmarking the podcast. You never have to go looking for it again. Your app will just automatically download the next episode once a new one's released. The other thing that would mean so much to me is if you would take one quick second to leave a rating and a review for the podcast. The way that iTunes knows to suggest the podcast to new people is by the ratings and the reviews. That's how we invite new friends to our girls' nights. So, would you do me a huge favor and take one quick second to leave a rating and a quick comment about how you like the podcast so far? It would help us out so much. And thank you to all of you who have left all of those beautiful five-star reviews already. I cannot tell you how much it means to me. Hi, friends. That's all we have for today, but we'll be back next week with another episode of Girls' Night, and you're going to love this one. I cannot wait. See you then.